Hello, great to see you again, and welcome back to another installment of Go Beyond Numbers. I'm your host, Ryan Ruff. As always, I've got Tony Rose standing by. He'll be joining me momentarily. But look, we want to thank you for finding your way back to the show. As you know, Tony and I have covered a handful of different topics in our prior episodes. Today, we have a really interesting one that we're going to be getting into today. Today, we're talking about the Trusted Advisor Formula. This is a formula that was written uh, by David Meister, Charles Green, and Robert Galford. And, you know, it's a formula that not only does you know Tony apply it to his business, his personal life as well, but also it's one of those things that could be applied to maybe your own life, your own business at the end of the conversation. So, you know, make sure you have a, you know some pen and paper in front of you today as you're watching or listening to it. Uh, you know, we're bound to cover some interesting topics along the way in our conversation today, and we'd hate for you to miss out on any beneficial information. So, hey, with that being said, let's go ahead and bring Tony on, get our conversation rocking and rolling today. Tony, how are you doing? Good to see you. I'm great, Ryan. How are you doing and how's everyone watching and listening out there? Well, we hope everyone's doing well out there. I know I'm doing just fine. Uh, look, hey, I'm excited for our conversation today. You know, the trusted, trusted advisor formula, this is something that, you know, you utilize a lot in your life. And I want to unpack it, but I think to get our conversation started, I like to kind of start by asking some more high-level questions before we really get into the weeds of it. And I think the first question to, to really get us moving here is, you know, when you're assembling a team, a team to achieve a goal or to take on a task, you know, there's always the question of who, who should be on this team. So let, let me start there with you today. Who should be on your team when you're looking to accomplish a given goal? That's a, that's a really interesting question because if, if I look at transactions of my clients and the people I know in the world, a lot of the times when the transactions don't work out the way anticipated results should be it's because the team that the person who the results are for has not been brought together properly and 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 the team is so important we talked in prior episodes about the concept it's not necessarily the how it's the who well this is an extension of that who concept when you have an efficient and effective team that's pulling for you all in the same direction at the same time in correct sequence, you're going to increase the probability of a successful result. Mm -hmm. It is amazing to me how often people will rely on old friends, old acquaintances without real, really uh, analyzing that these are the right relationships to have for this transaction. People feel embarrassed. They feel embarrassed, not necessarily to include their friends, but they shouldn't. They should have the best people on their side of the table pulling for them for the successful outcome they want. Sure. And this this idea today that we're diving into here with the trusted advisor formula, this is something that does tie into past conversations that you and I have had on the show. And that's, you know, it ties into the social capital. You know, we talked about the, you know, the many capitals. And then, of course, in quadrant planning or Q planning, this is quadrant two, you know, solutions. The, the, a lot of the formula that we're going to be talking to today does apply to past conversations of ours. So that being said, my next question for you would be, Okay, you've got your who, but like, what is a team ultimately comprised of? The different units on the team. What does that look like? Well, it really depends on the transaction you're talking about. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, normally, for someone who's a business owner, they need to have a number of different people on their team. We'll start with the accountant, me, uh, or tax and tax advisor. You might have two different ones. You might have an accountant and you might have a tax advisor. So I start with me, the me types because that's this is our podcast. Uh, <laughs> second, you need a competent business attorney. You may need another attorney that might be a transfer tax or, or, or intergenerational transfer planner. So you could have a business attorney and an estate or gift tax attorney. You're going to need a wealth advisor, someone who can take a look at what resources you have and what resources you'll have after the transaction in order to manage those resources for maximum return later. And you're going to need someone for asset protection. You're going to need, uh, you're going to use an attorney for asset protection, accountants for asset protection, wealth a wealth manager for asset protection, but you also need a good insurance person. Now, you might need two types of insurance people. One type might be a life insurance person. Another type might be something called a property and casualty insurance person. You don't go to the person that sells you life insurance to write your car insurance. That's not typical. Mm -hmm. You don't get fire insurance from your life insurance person. Also, you don't go to your fire insurance person to get life insurance. So you want to have the right kinds of professionals in the right combination. Sure. Uh, sure. I'm going to say one more thing, Mm right? The second thing is that you need to be sitting at the head of the table. Mm -hmm. You don't want someone leading you. You want to lead them. They need to be passionate, but they also need to be cooperative and collaborative. I liken it to uh, in the in the old in 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 the the Iraq War, twenty thirty years ago. uh, the Iraqis would shoot scuds. They called there were kind of missiles that had no really defined target. They just kind of went. They were lobbed over the land and they landed wherever they landed. Uh, a lot of times, professionals in somebody's life will shoot scuds. They'll sit at a conference table, and then you'll hear about the transaction, and then they'll shoot a scud. Oh, you can't do that because or. Oh, you didn't know this, so therefore you can't do whatever you want to do. They shoot scuds. They don't cooperate. Part of that is because sometimes advisors want to be in control. We want advisors that want to be part of a team, not necessarily in control. No, no, you're good. This, it's all beneficial information. And I love that you, you walk through. There are different ex- levels of expertise that you're bringing to the table in terms of the individuals on your team. So that being said, what kind of when you're looking at these different individuals that are, are on your side of the table working with and, and as you had said for you, because you want to be at the forefront of this decision making process. What kind of factors, though, ultimately then lead up to having the right advisory team? And this is kind of a big question here, Tony, because, I mean, you, you spend a whole chapter in your book, Say Hello to the Elephants, about choosing the right trusted advisory team. So. In this question, what are those factors that make up the right team? And this brings up the topic of this wonderful book called Trusted Advisor. Mm. Uh, I learned about this 
because many years ago I was at a presentation where David Meister, the principal, uh, one of the principal authors of that book, talked about the trust advisor formula, and it really struck me because I was looking to see what characteristics were really important to my clients and how can I define and differentiate myself from everyone else in, in my market. But at the same time, it also helped me understand what clients need to look for in the relationships they have with professionals, whether it's an accountant, an attorney, a wealth advisor, a wealth manager, an insurance person. And those characteristics are embedded in what Maester Green et al. created called the Trusted Advisor Formula. And we're going to be showing a slide, and, but for those of you that might be listening to this podcast, let me explain to you what the Trust Advisor Formula is and get a piece of paper in front of you and a pen and write this down. TA, Trusted Advisor, equals, and this is like a little equation, C plus R plus I divided by SO. C plus R plus I divided by SO. Now, in that book, the Trust Advisor book, David Meister uh, urges us to put a number on the uh, degree that each of these C and R and I and SO have. So let me explain what each of these letters mean. C has to do with credibility. Credibility. Credibility means what is the expertise? How much does this advisor know about their field? Are they considered experts in what they know, or are they just average in what they do? So you rate someone based on their credibility, one to 10. The next is R. R has to do with reliability. Now we talk about, in, in prior episodes, we talked about the referability standards Ryan, if you recall, mm -hmm. uh, which was uh, enunciated by Dan Sullivan of the Strategic Coach. Those referability standards are, there are at least three of the four. Do what you say you're going to do. Finish what you start and be on time. So an advisor that is reliable has those three characteristics. The fourth item of that referability standard is say please and thank you, and that relates to the third letter, I. Uh, intimacy. Intimacy. How open can you be with a advisor? Very important question. Very important question. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But so how intimate can you be with that person? How honest can you be with them? And the fourth referability standard, which is say please and thank you, has to do with intimacy. Uh, I am very grateful to my clients. My clients know I'm very grateful to them. 
I believe that increases the degree of intimacy I have with my clients. Uh, also, I think my clients can pretty much tell me anything and I'm going to be very, very discreet. Uh, nothing surprises me anymore. Um, and I don't sit in judgment of anybody. So I can be very intimate with my clients. Now, below the line, you've got the top line, C plus R plus I. Below that line is SO, two letters, means self-orientation. Self-orientation stands for the concept that no one does things for nothing. They do it for something. But the question is, in the advice they give and the way they give it, are they doing it for their own self-interest to increase their fees, increase the complexity, more complex, always more fees, or are they trying to do it for your benefit? So no one does something for no self-orientation. If anyone says that my self-orientation is one out of 10, that's simply not true. <laughs> simply not true. However, there are people that will recommend processes, techniques, methods that increase the almost always the complexity, the difficulty, the trouble, and makes things more expensive than they need to be. Now, there's sometimes I suggest to my clients that things be done that are expensive to do, but I'm always anxious to make sure they understand that if they're paying a premium price, they can expect a premium result. So let's go back to that formula, Ryan. Mm -hmm. C plus R plus I over SO equals TA, the trusted advisor number. I'm, I'm going to stop there for a minute and see if you have any questions because I can yeah. go on forever here. No, no, I love this. And this is really an, an, a, just as a quick recap to, for the, our, our listeners and our viewers, this is a way to really evaluate an advisor, to evaluate their overall ability to help you, factoring in those different things, credibility, reliability, their intimacy. So, you know, you go on in your chapter, Tony, and, and to continue this conversation with this equation, you go on in your chapter uh, in Say Hello to the Elephants to outline a few different just really uh, just like uh, characteristic, not, not characteristics, but um, examples really of individuals that you might lean on as a trust advisor. You've got the college buddy, you've got the smarty pants, uh, and you also have the young and energetic. You evaluate three different people and you show how the equation works with a few different scores. Could you kind of walk us through these, these examples and, and how, uh, you know, when you, when you're evaluating, maybe let's just say three different people, whether they are the examples that you use in your books or not, um, you know, how this can really help you decide who is the right person to bring on to my team. Uh, yeah, sure. Ryan. And, and, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to use two of those examples, Okay, but I'm also going to, I, I want to talk a little bit about how you use this in your life. It is surprising that many of our clients don't really think through the power of the relationships that they have. We talk in the five capitals in, in the Go Beyond Numbers book about, about the power of social relationship. And, and one of the, the elements of social capital is your relationship with your vendors. I, as an accountant, 
as are one of your vendors. So are you thinking about the power of that relationship, how effective that relationship is? And what we try to do with clients that are asking us to kind of do this, what is known as a stress test on how things are going in their life, we, we want to evaluate the power of the relationships they have with their advisor vendors. Now, how do I know something's a one and how do I know if something's a 10? Well, it's what you feel. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. You want to create your own scale based on the way you feel and the information you have, and then apply your scale, not my scale, your scale. So important. Mm -hmm. So let's take an example. Let's take an example of uh, sort of a smarty pants, someone that knows uh, what they're doing. And, let, and let's think of that, and, and you're going to see a slide um, about C plus R plus I over SO. Let's say you have found the smartest person in the world to perform a service for you. Let's call that a tax advisor. They know everything about everything. They're up to the minute. They know everything. So their credibility, I think in the trust advisor book, it's competence. I use credibility is a 10. They are on their game technically and intellectually, a 10. So under the C, write a 10. <clears throat> now let's look at the R, reliability. They always are on time. They always finish what they start. They always do what they say they're going to do. So under R, write another 10. Let's use an extreme case. Now as for intimacy, they deliver the product to you. You don't get a please and thank you. And they, they are so, so, um, taken with how good they are. Uh, you feel you got something, but it was something not done with you, but to you. So that your feeling of a degree of intimacy with that professional is very low. So let's put a two underneath that I. So that total 10 plus 10 plus two is 12. Got that on the, on the top of the equation? Let's look at self-orientation. You know, you, you don't really think they're out to get you, but you really think that they're really so taken with themselves. It's kind of all about how good they are and not how, how effective they are for you. Although there's a case to be made that if someone's really competent, they're really trying to be effective for you. But let's say your judgment self-orientation is a six. So that bottom number under that SO is a six. So 12 divided by six is a two. Got that? That's smarty pants. Let's talk about your college person, your college buddy, the person that you would go to parties with, the person that was with you on your first date with your significant other, the person that knows everything, all the skeletons in your closet, and they are terrific. Now, you know, in your heart of hearts, that person isn't very smart, kind of is pretty average, just got along, 
just is kind of good enough. So in terms of capability, in terms of credibility, competence, that's C, you would rate them a two. In terms of the R, let's say they're late. Let's say they can't quite ever get it all complete. Let's say they are never on time. And then, and, and, and so uh, they're never finishing, really. So you give them another two. But in terms of intimacy, oh, my Lord, you can tell that person pretty much anything. So under the I, let's give it an eight. Add two plus two plus eight. And on that top number, you've got another 12. But let's say you're thinking this person would never take advantage of me. This person only wants the best for me, loves me. So their self-orientation is a two. Remember, I said it's pretty impossible to have a zero self-orientation. So two divided by 12 is a six. So the, the smarty pants gets a two trust advisor rating and the uh, college buddy gets a six. And I've wondered in my life when I see some of my clients have advisors that are old friends, but really not ter ter tremendously competent or reliable. Why do they stick with them? And it's explained by this dynamic in the trusted advisor formula, mm -hmm. the six versus the two. Mm -hmm. Someone who isn't accomplishing what's needed to make you successful as opposed to someone who's doing just enough, doing a lot to make right. you successful, but you can't be intimate with that person. Mm -hmm. So you can see how, how dynamic this use of this formula can be. It's absolutely. really an incredible thing. Yeah, absolutely. And this is something you can evaluate for sure business reasons, transactional purposes, but also even, you know, if you're thinking about who to golf with on Sunday, you could, you could even use this, this uh, to decide who might be the best foursome to play with. You know, this is, this is a really universal formula that can be applied in so many different ways that factors in a lot of very key variables um, that we, we, consider when, when just interacting with people on a regular basis. So to bring it back to the business side here, Tony, when you're using this formula to evaluate the different trusted advisors that are going to be on your team, let's talk about the monetization. Now, how can your team make you money? Oh Lord, <laughs> it, it is, it is absolutely obvious to me that when you have the right people in the right seats, pulling the right direction for you, that you're going to get better results than you would if you tried to do it with not as effective a team or you try to do it alone. There are so many business owners that, that for some reason believe limiting the fees and expenses from outside advisors is smart business. And that's not. It's just not. What is smart business 
is bringing together people that make you better doing what you do. They make you better doing what you do because they do the stuff that you don't do well. You want people on your team to do things that you have no time for or you don't do well. There's a corollary to that, Ryan, that I think everybody finds time to do what they do well. If there are things in your business you're not getting done, it's probably because you actually don't do it well. Mm -hmm. And we really don't define that. And we haven't really talked about, I think, uh, uh, the concept of unique ability, which is another strategic coach concept. Uh, but I do believe people find time to do what their unique ability is. And it's very simple, simple why because it's what comes natural to them. So they don't have to think about doing it, they do it. Now, there are some people that are employees that work for other people that might be forced to work outside their unique ability. There might be some entrepreneurs in the wrong business who treat themselves like employees who are not working in their unique ability. But really successful entrepreneurs work in their unique ability, at least in the first several years of their business, because that's how their business expands is dynamic and makes money. Mm -hmm. The maturation of a business can be stilted by the entrepreneur not understand, understanding what it is they do well. And as the business gets bigger, and there's different roles that need to be played in the business. They don't hire the correct people to help the business expand so they can work in their unique ability. That's so crucial, Ryan. Such a mistake, such a waste when that happens in your business. Right, right. You really leaning on somebody's unique ability is is everything. It's what ultimately keeps them, you know, uh, humming at the end of the day. It it keeps everybody moving in one in one way, shape, or another. So I love the idea of a evaluating the right advisor, b letting them work within their own unique ability, and c when doing those two things, you're able to keep the whole team on the same page, which is ultimately benefiting you. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I mentioned this, and I, and I inferred this a little bit before, Ryan, but you need to be in control. How do you be in control mm -hmm. of your advisors? Yeah. So let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah, this, uh, you're, you, you took the question right out of my, out of my mouth. Let's, let's get into this. And, 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 and so it's, you know what I'm finding over the years as I understand the quadrant planning system better, it is absolutely crucial to understand that it's kind of like a Russian doll. You know the Russian dolls where there's a doll inside a doll <laughs> right. inside a doll inside a doll? Yes. Well, think about quadrant planning as a doll inside a doll inside a doll inside a doll. So when we're doing overall planning and we think about clarity and then solution, uh, uh, implementation, and then sustainability or management, the four quadrants, 
-hmm. When we are engaged with our advisors, we actually want to do quadrant planning with them. So how does that work with an advisor? Quadrant one, clarity. You want to make sure the advisor knows what it is you want, when you want it. You want to also make sure you know what your advisor needs and when they need it. You also want to be sure that you have arranged going into quadrant two, uh, an understanding of what you think the advisor's approach is going to be and what the timing for the advisor is. I'll use uh, another type of advisor we talked, we didn't talk about as an appraiser, but when you're doing wealth planning, transfer planning, sales, purchases of business, things like that, you may need an appraiser in your life. Uh, executive compensation and benefits, you may need an appraiser to do something called a 409A evaluation appraisal, which is an annual appraisal of the value of a business if you're granting stock options or stock rights to an employee. So, so you're going to do a quadrant planning exercise with the advisor and then engage in the quadrant cir circular, uh, actually I call it an ascending spiral process. You're getting clarity with the advisor. You're understanding what the advisor is going to be doing for you and when they're going to be doing it. You communicate with the advisor doing their, the advisory process to make sure things are on track. That's quadrant number three, implementation. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, you, under, you, you, you want to do a debrief. Did it all work? Um, in a hospital, they have something called a morbidity conference. A morbidity conference is kind of, it, this is kind of a, a, a dark way to talk about it. But, you know, if, if, if there is pain, if the patients don't work out, if things are not working out, did you diagnose why it didn't work out? What could have been done better? Um, in, in, in the management phase, you want to find, say, hey, this worked for me. I got value from it. This didn't work for me. This could be done better. You're an analyzing that. But that is the quadrant planning process. And you use the quadrant planning process in dealing with your advisors. So there's many quadrant processes in every global aspect of running a business. Mm -hmm. And how you lead your advisor is leading this, understanding how this process works and then applying it the way you'd apply it. You don't have to do it the way I do it, but something similar to that. And that way you're always in control. If you're saying, oh, Mr. Advisor, Mrs. Mrs. Advisor, Miss Advisor, what do you think? You tell me what to do. They'll tell you what to do, but it might be what they do, not what you do. What your obligation is, is to be interested in your own life and not hand it over to somebody else to be in control. Mm -hmm. Now, Ryan, you're hosting me and you're helping me with these videos and podcasts. I really depend on you to give me advice about where you think I'm going wrong and where <laughs> I'm going right. Sure. But in the end, I'm the one who told you what the subject was. <laughs> Correct. Exactly. Right. Yep. And, you're and, in control. I'm the one who told you where I think we need to go with this podcast. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's important when you're dealing with any advisor, you're a very important, trusted advisor to me, Ryan. Mm -hmm. I think you have low self-orientation. 
I feel I can be pretty intimate with you. I know you're very reliable and I know you're very uh, uh, credible and competent. So, so we have a great trusted advisor relationship. I would agree. I'm glad you feel that way. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I love this formula. Jenny. This is, this is the first time it's been thrown to me. Uh, so I'm, I'm soaking it in and really enjoying how this can be used to evaluate so many different things. Um, so, you know, Tony, to, to really bring our conversation to a head here, uh, is there, is there anything else when, when you are going through utilizing maybe this, this formula on, you know, within your own dealings with your business or even on a personal level, is there anything else high level for our audience today that they should know about when it comes to the formula? Obviously we had the graphics up earlier, how to do it, but anything else to consider? The one thing that I'm, re- the, the one thing that I've become very, very aware of is the importance of intimacy. Mm-hmm. And, and if, if, when you look at, the, when you look at the formula and, and I, I'd like to, sh- let's look at this other slide. Mm-hmm. We're going to go lowercase C, lowercase R and capital I over capital S, capital O. Look at that. Intimacy, as you can see by my example with the college friend, as opposed to the smarty pants, intimacy trumps a lot. Mm-hmm. And so when you're looking for that advisory relationship, you want to feel very comfortable with the people sitting around the table with you working for you. Now there's times when tactics, when it's just very tactical as opposed to strategic or mission vision values. Right. It's time when tactics, you just want someone to get something done. If I go to an auto mechanic, I, I, I don't need to feel very intimate with them. I just need to get my brakes fixed. Mm-hmm. So, so if that's all I'm asking for, that's fine. I'm talking about advisory relationships, Ryan, that go beyond that kind of fee for service. Sure. Uh, I, I, I'm talking about an advisory relationship where we need our advisors to kind of understand what the global impact is of what we're asking them to do. So they have a context for giving decisions. If I don't know where my client wants to get, then giving them advice is very hard because then I'm just doing something that's kind of an inanimate object. But your desires, your goals, the things that you want to have happen in your life are very dynamic and very emotional. Right. And, and, and so you want a group of advisors that can kind of get into your rhythm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we talk a lot about the, the idea and you're seeing it creep into so many different industries these days, but it's this idea of the human element and really connecting on that personal level with people to either influence decisions that they're, you know, that are to be made or, or to help them through a process. And, I see this human element 100% being weaved into the intimacy factor here in the formula and knowing that somebody is there for you, that college buddy who had the intimacy rating of an eight, you know, that, that goes a long way. Knowing that you've got somebody physically and emotionally behind you to back and reinforce you through a, you know, a complex 
set of decisions that need to be made can really help just bolster your confidence as a whole and, and ultimately help you make the right decision moving forward. So I'm glad that you touched on the fact that intimacy was a, a big, you know, a bigger variable, at least that you've been noticing lately within the formula. Yeah. And, and, and one more thing about that. Yeah. When I see these relationships with the college buddies that are not very competent, Mm-hmm. I don't do anything to step on the personal relationship that person has with that person. Sure. And I will do everything I can to include the, it's not a, it's not an, or it could be an, and so I am there to supplement and help. I will do everything I can to help that college buddy deliver value to the client. I'm not necessarily interested in cutting that person out of that client's life. Mm-hmm. Though maybe that would be good for them. And and certainly if the college buddy's counseling that client to break the law, I'm, I'm gonna tell them <laughs> not to do that. But, but this is not about replacing people that are important to you in your life. This mm-hmm. is about getting also, also the help that you need. Because I'll tell you one thing, when you're in the middle of a transaction, when you're trying to sell your business, all that kind of stuff, if you don't have a great advisory team before helping you prepare for that, mm-hmm. then you're not going to maximize the amount that you can get for your business. Right, right. At the end of the day, it comes down to the team, the trusted advisors on that team. And so, Tony, thank you so much for, for kind of, A, shedding some light on this formula, the trusted advisor formula for us, and walking us through each variable because each one has its own place within the formula. Each one is critically important to evaluating who you should have on your team. Um, so I, I love this, and something tells me this formula may be creeping into conversations to come on this show. Uh, I think it always it always will. Thank you, Ryan. I enjoyed being with you today. Oh, I always do. And hey, look, we want to thank you, our audience, for joining us here for another episode. You know, if you liked what you saw, you liked what you heard, the Trusted Advisor Formula, great stuff to take home to your business, the transactions maybe that you'll make down the road. If you liked this conversation today, please like, comment, subscribe to the show on whatever platform you're checking us out on. And, you know, it's free to do, and you can you can always help out the show in any way, shape, or form by doing any of those actions. So please, we encourage you to, uh, to help us help you uh, with giving this information out. So look, hey, for Tony Rose, I'm Ryan Ruff saying so long, and we thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of Go Beyond Numbers.